0: You're listening to Ask Dr. E, where Dr. Michael Easley answers your biblical or theological questions in 10 minutes or less. Today's question reads, Hi, Dr. E, I just have a quick question that goes along with your series on prayer, which, pause, if we go over to Michael Easley in Context, which is another one of our podcasts, we had a four-part series on prayer, and it is awesome, and you should go listen to it. Okay, but back to the question at hand. When we are faced with decisions and seeking the Lord through prayer and His Word, How often should something be prayed about? I know the Bible does not give us rules and guidelines for how many times to pray about something. I personally tend to pray about something once or twice and move on because I know (laughs) God has listened. What are your thoughts on this? Thanks.
1: I love the honesty. I know. Okay. I prayed about that twice. That's enough. Let's back up and talk a bit about what prayer is and is not. Prayer is not a, you know, here's my shopping list, Lord, answer my prayers, and I'm going to wear you out until you answer me. Prayer is a relationship, and I want to be very careful with that definition. Prayer is a declaration of what God has told us in his word. One of the things that in that prayer series in our church, Stonebridge, we push the handbook to prayer by Ken Boa, because he's organized scripture in such a precise way that the old A E C T -S 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 S adoration Mm -hmm. confession thanksgiving supplication that was the navigators little acrostic about prayer very helpful but i think somewhere on the line we got the idea that we pray for something until god answers it and while god does answer our prayers that's not the primary objective of praying otherwise people that were great at prayer would have all these answered prayers and frankly after 40 plus years of watching people pray i'm somewhat I'm amused and saddened by the way we look for answers. Mm. So, prayer is a relationship. I'm praying back what the scripture, tells me about God's character. The Psalms are 150 prayers, chalked through the Bible. We have, you know, whether it's Naomi or Ruth or Boaz, all these prayers that we have that we can look at. Paul's prayers, of course, are, are beautiful treatises. So, let me say number one, let's reprioritize. What we pray about. It should be adoration. Confession is two-edged. It's confessing our sin, but it's also confessional, what I know to be true about God. And this is one thing Ken in his little book does so well and some of our other guests that we talked with. And knowing that God does, quote, hear our prayer, we often talk about First Thessalonians chapter 5, where we read, Rejoice always. This is chapter 5, 1 Thessalonians verse 16, Pray without ceasing in everything, give thanks. This is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Stop right there. Pray without ceasing in everything, Eucharistis, give thanks.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: For this is God's will. So it's not pray for all the things you want God to do. Now, we're also told to ask him. Mm-hmm. But I would always caveat that. Are we asking as best we know with what glorifies God? Mm-hmm. The answer to this prayer would somehow honor Christ or lead a person to salvation or help a person grow in their discipleship or help a missionary etc will those answers somehow glorify God and most westerners have a you know shopping list and mm-hmm. they're praying for people that are sick wonderful they're praying for a wayward child wonderful they're praying for a marriage wonderful they're praying for a better job etc we need to recalibrate that. And the ACTS helps me get off of just the supplication. If I spend time adoring him, adoration, confessing twofold, my sins and confessional truths, thanking him for who he is, for what he's done. The S, the supplication is almost a byword Mm. because I've aligned myself in my personal prayer life. So that's, that my summer answer, as far as how many times do we pray for a wayward child, I don't know the answer to that. Mm-hmm. I don't think God is going to act because you prayed 1776 times or two times, but I do think it's important that we bring our concerns, our petitions, our laments, our frustrations to God, and then trust him with the outcomes.
0: So something that comes in my mind, and you can correct me if this is incorrect theology or biblical application, but I think about, I'm guessing it's a Luke, when we read about Elizabeth and Zechariah, when the angel of the Lord appears to Zechariah when he's in the Holy of Holies and he's, you know, doing his priestly responsibilities or whatever. And he says, Zechariah, the Lord has heard your prayer and Sarah's going to have a baby. And, you know, we know at that point in scripture, they were they were Older. old. Mm-hmm. And so there, in my glorified imagination, there's no way he was praying that day or even any time remotely. I am sure that they begged the Lord for a child and children for years and years and years. And then once she was out of childbearing age, they probably stopped asking mm-hmm. for that. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of always go back to that and think, you know, I mean, I just see the kindness of the Lord saying, you know, I heard your prayer and you probably thought I was silent on you. And really it was just because I have a very important mission for this child. So to me, that's always kind of been a, you know, there are prayers that I have prayed for over 10 years. And I go through seasons where I am praying for that thing on a daily basis, several times a day, because it's on my mind and heart. And then there are times I have to go, I got to put this on a shelf. Mm -hmm, (laughs) I can't, mm -hmm. I can't sit in this anymore. The Lord knows, you know, Right. right. This is my desperate well, and, prayer. And, and, isn't there and also, he's heard it.
1: Yeah. Isn't there also a part of our own role? Think of it as a relationship. If the God of the universe is listening to your and my prayer concerns, heart's desire, he knows he's also a sovereign, omniscient, omnipresent, omnipotent father. Yeah. And he knows what's best for his children. Yeah, I kind of get weary with people that say, yeah, God answers every prayer. Sometimes he says no. I, you know, that, j- that cliche stuff drives me nuts. At the end of the day, and Barbara Brand in our series was so wonderful in this, you know, in the end of the day, we have the privilege of communicating with the God of the universe. Yeah. Why would we not bring him our concerns? Yeah. But again... He's not the to-do list. And I think that's where we need to Mm -hmm. change our perspective. Mm -hmm. And we've all been guilty of it. You know, help my son, help my daughter, bring them out of drugs, bring them out of whatever relationship they're in, help them follow Christ. I mean, every parent I know has at least one child that's broken their heart. Every grandparent I know has adult children and grandchildren that have broken their hearts. Of course we pray for them. But back to your point, at some point, You do put it quote on the shelf and say, this relationship is not just about God, this one problem in my life that won't go away. That's really a truncation. And you know me, Hannah, I get trapped every time when he forgives me my sin. Yeah. Over and over and over and over. I still can't get over that. I still can't talk about it without tearing up. Why would he listen to a sinful man's prayers? Mm. Why would he forgive? as my friend Dave Gibson calls me, a big fat liar, a big fat sinner (laughs) like me, because he loves. And we're missing a relationship with the holy God of the universe Mm. over against the shopping list if I want him to do this and do that. Mm. And again, it gives us a view. We need a bigger view of life than just my life yeah. What's going on in the greater kingdom of God? What's yeah. going on in His local church, His universal church, etc. And that's growth as a Christian in prayer. So take a look at those. I appreciate Hannah you mentioning those because they were delicious, wonderful interviews with Barbara Brand, Rob Morgan, Cindy. Who was the fourth? Ken we Boa. Ken. Again, Boa, who tied a bow on it. Ha. Huh. You see, see what I did there?
0: <laughs> we get a ton of questions about prayer to Ask Dr. E. And I think it just goes to show there's a lot of confusion, yeah. uh, questions were not great. I mean, prayer is a discipline. It's a practice yep. and it's a discipline and it's a door to greater Intimacy and fellowship with the Lord, and it takes work. So I highly recommend go listen to those episodes. I think they will. I think if you have and, questions you know, when, about prayer, go listen to those four, and it will probably be answered. When
1: when I did the little book called Interludes that Moody was so kind to publish, it was fascinating the response we got from that because the publisher told me, Michael, uh, books on prayer don't sell. Yeah, and I thought interesting. Okay, let's do it anyway. It was more a my attempt to do with the Valley of Vision, which we'll put in the show notes as well. Valley of Vision, Handbook to Prayer, and Interludes, which has been around a while. But all those books, to me, combine to help us rethink what prayer is and isn't. So. All
0: So, right. If you've got a question for Dr. E, call us, text us, email us. The info's in your show notes. Ask Dr. E is part of the Michael Easley in Context ministry. We've got two other podcasts that you should go check out michael easley sermons and michael easley in context ask dr e is produced by me hannah seymour mixed and mastered by sonomorphic and music composed by jason germain